0: We are back with another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Celt Show, Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. With me as always, Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard.
1: Ciao, Frank. How are we doing? On this uh weekday night, I guess. We're not a weekend We're for we're, a we're on video. I, I I like that little hand gesture.
0: That's almost <laughs> in the uh uh that's almost in the uh, the the arena of a uh, Larry Zbysko uh back <laughs> in the day. I think what he did with the <laughs> finger and just went like that or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So well played, yeah. Uh, Yeah, doing all right. Um, You know, congratulations. The uh, Milan Weekly Pod guys like you more than they like me. They put you on a (laughs) video. They they call my cell phone, even though I'm like part of a historic first for them doing live presidential points. But I get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those guys are a lot of fun, man. They're so much fun. And uh, yeah, I I had to take some shots at you, but I took shots. I I really riled them up with my questions. Uh, I really got them fired up. So. Uh, the, I know the people who are watching in on that were loving that. I got your favorite beer again. Nice. Put it help this? You can put over thing. your face. It's put like over your like face. There you go.
0: It's like it's a reflection. There it is. The Nugleris Spotted Cow. Spotted Cow. Nugleris Brewing Co- Company Spotted Cow. So I'm drinking black only coffee. only sold in Wisconsin. You're drinking coffee this late at night.
1: It doesn't affect me. It doesn't. It doesn't. I just, no, I just like
0: warm. So it keeps me warm. That's all. Oh, I okay. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it this late at night unless I'm putting in a little booze. So, <laughs> and, it's, and if it's decaf, so <laughs> uh, no, my I'll, I'll get my fill of coffee in the morning. I think I had this conversation with Alex Donald. It was like, uh, you know, two cups of coffee or three cups of coffee. Where do you stand on this? And I said, usually two. I said right. if I said I, I, I'll go to a third if I really need it, but
1: I usually can be done with. I, I usually can be done at two. So two or two or three in the morning for me, and then maybe one evening just to. <clears throat> You know, slow down for the, end of the night. Yep. Yep. Indeed. So, um, it's, it's uh, you know,
0: coffee in the morning, booze in the evening to get to sleep. So, um, about right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the world keeps spinning. So, uh, well, um, we're going to have some, uh, calcio before we know it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just around the corner. Uh, we get to see, uh, Bundesliga first, uh, first on the pitch and then uh we're supposed to be coming around the corner uh just uh just another side of June, huh? Yeah, just an,
0: yeah, as uh we understand that uh the FIGC gave out the go ahead to resume team training on May 18th uh and the target date for resuming games. Uh, in Syria is June 13th. This would give them enough of a window to complete the 12-plus match weeks that are remaining. Some teams have 13 left, uh, as well as the Copa Italia matches, and get all that completed prior to uh, the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League picking up, which is what UEFA's protocol was. Uh, Malago, uh, who is the Coney president, is optimistic about the championship resumption date. Uh there is some challenge between the doctors and the CTS, uh, and some and some clubs in particular. Um lots of talk about the protocol for resuming. Uh, the interesting thing that I think that everybody's fighting right now is uh Germany's protocol is different. If one player tests positive, they quarantine that player uh, and the rest of the team carries on. If Italy right now is playing this a lot harder. If one player tests positive, the whole team quarantines for 15 days, and that's going to be a logistical nightmare trying to get the matches rescheduled, getting them back in training. Seven clubs, you know, including the big clubs, have said we want to do what Germany's doing, or else we're not training. Uh, so, got a couple days, bef- you know, to to get this figured out. Do you think they'll do it?
1: I hope. I really hope so. And I think what they're probably going to do is wait for the Bundesliga start to see how that works. Uh, I was really curious on how, what the whole all the protocols were in Germany, and luckily I got to interview uh, Ronan Murphy uh, from Gold.com. He really had great insight on that. And, you know, like you said, uh, if a player tests positive, then, you know, he's going to quarantine himself for, you know, whatever, 10, 14 days, and the rest sure. of the team will resume. They're allowed five substitutes in all the leagues now and in, in, in Europe for the reign of the season. And um, that the, the reason for that is that they can bench that guy for 10 days and bring on someone else, and you're going to see a heavy rotation – that makes sense to me uh, as opposed to what, you know, Serie wants to do and and quarantine the whole team because, like you said, it's going to be a logistical nightmare trying to reschedule all these games. It's already going to end late enough, uh, and you have, you know, one, two, three teams that, you know, have to quarantine. You're going to postpone the season big time, and it's uh, it's going to be crazy. Now, I think that what they should do is wait for the Bundesliga, watch how it works hopefully well this weekend, and then decide to change it to that. I agree with that. Now,
0: uh, Dinamo Dresden – uh is having a bit of an issue and i think they're in the yeah in the in the bundesliga Despite too. The bundesliga, right and their team's actually in quarantine and it sounds like uh they're not going to get to start at the same time as everybody else's correct um what is it i mean why, why why is their situation different um is it just because they have a big breakout throughout the whole squad uh just uh, you you are you, you cover bundesliga as well as you're as you're a shelkaholic um so did you? I don't know. I don't even know if that's a, a thing. If people it is call now. you, it is now. Okay. So I just invented something for Schalke that's right. supporters. That's right. Great. That's right. <laughs> so you're a Shelka So you have some Bundesliga knowledge. And I would imagine you have some two Bundesliga knowledge. So uh, share with us, you know, the situation with Dinamo Dresden and, you know,
1: the hazard that it could possibly uh, come up
0: with a team like that.
1: So my, my, my understanding at the beginning was that a few players had broken out and so the sort of team took extra precaution to do that. Um, speaking with, you know, Ronan Murphy, like I said, uh, he said that, you know, this team, the team is really, you know, nervous about starting back up and it's really they want to make sure that no one has it and they quarantine themselves. It doesn't spread beyond the one or two players that has it. So they're going the extra measure to make sure uh, that that they're all good and, and they can resume. So like you said, they're going to miss for sure one game, if not two games at the beginning of the season to start because everything starts back up this Saturday. Yeah. I mean, and it's
0: in a case like that, if it's one team and it's, you know, just trying to push games a little bit further down the line, you just, what you're hoping for is your are you know, whether it's Bundesliga or whether it's Serie A, Premier League is given the go ahead to resume games in June. Um, there's a lot of discussion right now with the clubs trying to come to an agreement on how everything is going to work uh, as far as what I've read. So, um, you know, given that, um, you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting if 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 multiple teams end up having some sort of an outbreak i think yeah. you're going to see these leagues really really walking on eggshells trying to get this thing done
1: yeah and uh you know there are some players obviously in all the leagues that you know are against this um, i do know like in, in terms of the bundesliga there's uh three players that, that that got it at cologne and so those players are gonna be quarantining themselves but not the whole team which i think is the way it should be done and I'm curious, what you know, Italy's gonna be the interesting one because they ha- they were the hotspot of Europe, really, and um, right. especially like Atalanta and Brescia and those and those clubs those clubs up there, northern Italy, to see you know if any of those players got. It. I know Fiorentina had a, a, a little bit of a mini outbreak there, so yeah, we'll see what what it, what happens in the next few days is gonna be interesting because I think if they do go with that, you know, quarantine the whole team, it's gonna be a nightmare for the end of the season here, and uh, you know those teams that are involved in Champions League if they continue to go further it's going to impact them big time too. Sure.
0: Um, let's, you know, I, I think that, uh, there's obviously a few days here to negotiate before that target date of team training resuming on May 18th. Keep yeah. an eye on what goes on with those Bundesliga games. The clubs will continue to negotiate to get something to everybody's satisfaction. Um, let's move on to some other current events and, uh, a uh, decision here that, uh, Cordia double sport, uh, is reporting among others. Uh, Andrea Bartzali is leaving Juventus. Um, he communicated farewell to Sa- to Saudi and the staff for personal reasons, uh, has made the decision that he wants to spend more time with his family. Um, Bartzali was, is probably the, you know, when you talk about the three tenors, you're trying to figure out who's that third tenor that nobody really spends a lot of time talking <laughs> about. It's probably, it's probably Carreras, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, you know, when you have the BBC, you know, Barzali is that other guy, um, you know, and, uh, and a lot of this, I think has to do with the fact that, you know, he bounced at a couple of different clubs before he finally landed at Juventus and became part of Antonio Conte's plans. I mean, if there ever was a late bloomer, as far as having an impact, you know,
1: where he had an impact in his career, it's Andrea Barzali. Uh, it has to be 100%. I mean, full credit goes to not only Barzali for, you know, just blooming the way he did, but, Conte you know he had a, a humongous effect on him in his career and really yeah. I think what he learned under Conte he was able to adapt there on forward yeah you had Allegri you know, and some great managers after that but you still got to play well besides it can't be all the manager and uh Merzali turned into one of the you know top defenders and then that back unit of the BBC they were the best unit in, in Europe uh for for many years so um you know a lot of credit goes to Conte, obviously, an Allegri, but a, a Berzali for, you know, sticking through it, you know, had some difficult years and, and eventually found his footing and and was a solid, solid defender. Yeah, for sure. How would you rate his time at Wolfsburg? Uh, not very good. Um, you know, if I, gave, if I was given a rating out of 10, I'd probably say like a six, honestly. Okay. O- honestly. I mean, it's really when he got
0: under Antonio Conte's wing is when it really took off for him. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, just later on in his career, uh, you know, quietly effective is probably the best way I would describe his game. Yep. You know, he didn't stand out. And sometimes when you're talking about center backs, you don't want them to stand out because if they're standing out, they're standing out for the wrong reasons. Yep. So um, there's only a handful of players these days that are playing that position that you can take a look at and say, you know, if they're stand that are standing out for the right reasons, you know, a Cooley Bali, yep. um, a Virgil van Dyke uh, for Liverpool and, 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 God, I'm so sick of Liverpool fans talking about their, Virgil van Dijk in the same breath as guys like Maldini and Nesta and but Bre- just stop. He's good. He's not that good.
1: And so, he has had many years. He
0: needs a minute more many more years to be considered in the same breath as any of those guys. Exactly. Don't get me wrong, I rate him, but don't yeah. don't even get him close to that category. He's not in the team he's not even in the team picture yet. Koulibaly's not in that team picture yet either, but they're very very good defenders. Yeah. So you know, Barzali was one of those guys that was just quietly effective in terms of going about his business, you know, could play the right side of a back three, could play as a right fullback when needed. I mean, he, and he's exactly the kind of, you know, team player that you want. He's not going to be your star, but he's going to play a role for you. And I think that the, he carved out a very good career, especially late on with Juventus and then with the Italian national team in spots yep. and especially under Conte.
1: Oh, 100%. And, uh, you know, he carved himself out a really nice career. And honestly, with what he did under Juventus, people are just going to forget what he did prior to that, honestly. And it, it doesn't really matter because how good he was uh, uh, at Juventus or is at Juventus. And so, um, yeah, good for him. Uh, if he wants yep. to go, if he wants to put his family first, I'm, I'm fully behind that. Yep. Indeed. Uh
0: Another interesting Cordieri piece um, was uh, Ibra leaving a message uh <laughs> welcome back Abra. quote god has returned and is watching you from above
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love that guy that man is a modern of the that that man is a wonder of the modern world there's uh, just no getting around that he said that at instagram uh so
1: uh people, great, people great either stuff. love him or hate him and i and, and i can see why by both ends you know but i love him anyone who's had him on his yep. on their team for any sort of any time of period love him so yep um yeah he was uh
0: you know he was in rare form uh, upon <laughs> returning to the country so yeah. um you know it didn't take him very long did it I no. uh, let, let, let's segue into um let's segue into uh milan from that uh because it's uh it been well discussed it's been relatively public there's a lot of stories going on right now um with Ralph Ragnick uh Milan, Paolo Maldini. Yeah. It's kind of becoming an interesting off the field quarantine soap opera <laughs> for sure a telenovela. Um stories that Godzitas has been given the all clear and and um oh damn it who's the other fellow that's that's with him in there uh the fellow with the glasses yeah um, uh, no. scaroni
1: yes yes
0: scaroni yes So he and uh, Gutsitas apparently have been given the green light to go ahead with uh, bringing Ralph Rangnick on board and allowing Ralph Rangnick to hire 18 to 20 people. Um,
1: Are you talking about staff? Staff, yeah.
0: Wow. Um, You know, and giving him the power to do that. So um, Rangnick has spoken about Milan. Uh, in certain publications, and that has drawn the ire of Paolo Maldini, who, guess what? He's still employed there. Yeah. And uh, Maldini has even said things to the effect of, well, before you learn Italian, learn respect. So <laughs> it's all interesting. Is this going to happen? Um, Which is, part? Let's Rangnick, Is I mean, are we basically just, is this just one of the worst kept secrets and that Rangnick is going to take over Milan after this season is finished?
1: he better because Milan's going to lose a lot of credibility with all this chatter, especially coming from the higher ups about Ragnik. And, um, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt a lot of people if he doesn't, uh, with, you know, believing them with anything. So I think it is going to happen. Um, and, and the other part is it's, uh, it's, Becoming very clear, very obvious that Maldini is not be part of this picture, nor does he seem to want to. Uh, with the comments he made, and I, and I, I, I didn't read the comments myself. I, I didn't see the full transcript of what said. So you know, stuff obviously could have been mis, misplaced or misworded. Uh, but what I saw, the second the the clips that I saw, it doesn't look good. He's basically saying, "Fire me," you know.
0: Yep, yeah, that's basically it. He said, "You know what," and and how do you think? Milan Twitter, God love him. <laughs> <laughs> What's the reaction to this? I mean, the legend of legends is going to get shown the door here.
1: I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be 50-50. I mean, you know, fifty percent want to see just you know the team get better and whatever the way that is with Ranyak and the other part are gonna be like, you know what, we're true historians. of The team, Maldini is you know royalty. We're with him. What, no, hundred percent. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. I think for much of Milan Twitter, but. I, I think it's. Uh, I hate to say, it, but I think it's time to part ways. If you know, if it's if he's not going to be under system with Ranić, I mean, this hopefully this you know goes out well, doesn't uh, leave a bad taste in his mouth and in, a, in the mouth of you know Milan faithful. And I don't think it will be. I think I'll be, if anything, I'll have bad ma- bad taste between him and you know the ownership. But uh, his standing with the club will always be there. And um, it's just unfortunate that a legend like this has to go through something like this, where you see legends like you know Nedved and Zanetti still doing really well at their club respective clubs and and still treated like the royalty that they are and and things are going well obviously so that helps that's going to be the
0: biggest biggest part of this that you know how do they how if if they're going to move on from Maldini and if they're going to part ways with him how do they break this cleanly and how do they break this in such a fashion that it's on good terms and that when there's going to be Milan legend type stuff, it, that the door is always open for him to come back. And is he going to want to come back? That is now the challenge for Scadoni, for Gazzita, for Elliot. If all of this is moving forward, you know I mean? You're, you're, you're talking about a guy that, you know, we talked about this on uh, Calcio Connection last week. We said, we're talking about, you know, when you were to associate AC Milan, Maldini is one of the first names you associate with that club because of the yeah. family lineage. So... Um, you know, and then you've got Daniel in there playing with the Primavera, at least bouncing between there and the senior team. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, th- th- they've not handled this professionally, you know, from the Boban sacking and Bobon, let's I mean, Boban yeah. is not lily white in this. No. okay, uh, no. all the way up to where they're at with this now. It has not been handled very well and it makes you almost long for the BNG days because when they were running the show, everything was close to the vest. and yeah. you're usually very, very surprised when they pulled the trigger on a transfer or a manager move. Yeah.
1: The other thing you hear is Mr. X, Mr. X, right? <laughs> um, I, I think ultimately the uh, Maldini will still have be in good faith with the Milanisti. I just think, uh, you know, him and Ranick and Godzilla Steven and Scaroni, uh, those are the ones that are not going to be on the same page. But I think hopefully, uh, you know, once a new ownership does take over, um, they find ways to keep Maldini in the loop, whatever way they do it along, it's like like you said, it's a, it, it's a nice part of the ways and really there's no burden there and, and they want to bring him back for whatever, like legend days or whatever you want to do. So, yeah, know, um, that's going to be the tricky part, like you said. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think you're going to have other guys in the club like Barrezi, but Masato, and Masato's still, Danielle Masato's still very visible in the club um, that will probably figure out how to counsel this as well. All right. Yeah. I mean, if, if at least if, if, if the other guys are smart, they're going to involve, you know, those that are still connected with the club, uh, you know, that are not in a, you know, as compromising a position. So, you know, that's another thing that they're going to have to consider. This one's worth watching, folks. Um, but we, it is it's probably going to turn out to be the worst kept secret as far as managerial moves and you know the shame of it is Pioli's actually done a very solid job since taking over you know and um let's just put it this way if this is really going to happen and Rangnick is taking over Pioli it won't take long for Pioli to find work
1: no and there's actually a big rumor and and the name now is casing what team uh what Serie A team had it had their names on on his list but um. Yeah, he's going to find job really quickly, especially how well he did with us. Uh, you know, salvaging Milan. Yep. Yeah, teams that are more in the in a middle of the table or or lower end of the table are going to look for this guy because he will certainly stabilize your ship and make you, uh, you know, a contender into you know, on the cusp of Europe for sure. You not you're probably not going to win you Scudetto or anything here or there, uh, but he's ter- certainly a a quality manager, I think. And uh, the list is going to be long for who who wants his services. Yeah, for sure.
0: So we'll see what happens with that. Round and round it goes uh you know we'll uh we'll see what happens so um now let's move on to transfers um
1: <laughs>
0: are you talking about <laughs> I, can't, I can't get this i can't get this out of my mouth richard i can't get I think this i out know where you're
1: going mouth. with it so <laughs> i can't <laughs> Oh,
0: Barcelona. Barcelona want want de the <laughs> There,
1: I said it. Too much grappa by Barcelona. What the hell
0: are you thinking? Want, what are you thinking? They want... They want... They want, they want for what? <laughs> what do you want? Does he, Gavin, does Herbdy, want to, what does is he know, does, doing? Does he know how to cook? <laughs> does, I don't know, man. Have you seen him cross a ball? <laughs> It's, and a, a crossings, not Barcelona in Barcelona's attacking tactics, but
1: how, why must be signed. The team is falling. The management's falling apart there and they're just reaching now for anything and everything. Oh the end is near God. with Messi and they're just trying to find anything.
0: I just, I read that and I said, no, that's just somebody's got too much time on their hands and they're just throwing something out there.
1: Yeah, this so, is a preacher for something.
0: How about the oh, Shillo? Uh who? Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Why not? This will
0: get people to read. Yeah. It'll yeah, only I, get me to look at who wrote it so I can call them an idiot. <laughs> and I don't even know who wrote it. They're not that important. They're not that important to me anymore. No. No. Good, great. <laughs> did she did, come on? This is where you know that people have been in quarantine for way too long.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, so and mean, they're losing and
0: they're losing their shit. And they're saying, come up, Matia de Cilio de Barcelona. Gotta be kidding me! You've Gotta be Ugh. come on, come on, be, 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 please. We're we 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 might all have to be sheltering in place, but we're not. And 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 we some of us might be. We're, we're losing our minds. We're not stupid. We didn't get stupid
1: in this time. <laughs> I, can, I can see if Juventus try to throw him in the deal for like the piano swap, you know, and just say, "Hey, why do take the Shellyo too?" You know, let's get him out of here. But I mean, straight up say, "Yeah, we're interested in the Shellyo." Like
0: what? And if Agnelli, The only way Anelli can pull this off is if he convinces Barcelona that you need Decilio because he carries Pjanic's bags. There you okay. Go. Just <laughs> that's it. There's, there's, there's just no way. How does that fit tactically? He can't pass. He can pass five yards and that might be smart to pass to De Jong or to Messi or somebody like that. He can, dive. He can well, yeah, he can dive. All right. But you know, his defending is average. Um, Allegri saw something with him. That's why he ended up going to Juve. I don't think Saudi, Saudi doesn't rate him. If he did, quadrado wouldn't be playing right back. Yeah. So, and I know that there's some injury things that are going along there with the Shilio as well. But I mean, it's, uh, this one is, was just this one. That one's a whopper. <laughs> that one's a whopper. Whoever wrote that. Good.
1: Th- good one. You had me going. <laughs> so <laughs> We need some joy and, uh, or uh, laughter in this time of, uh, downward uh, spiral with all the chaos.
0: Let's talk about a good right back. Denzel Dumfries from uh, PSV rumored to uh, join Milan. And boy, this would be a big time upgrade. Um, Seen a little bit of them. First of all, incredibly naturally talented, incredibly fast, uh, very good in aerial battles, which you don't find very often with a right back. Yeah. Not Um, very often. Yeah. You know, crosser of the ball. I got into a I can't remember who I got into a fight with on Twitter and it's good crosser of the ball. It's like, well gro- I don't rate right, ground 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 crosses aren't crosses. Really? Ground crosses aren't crosses? What with- crosses. Okay. Okay, listen, I'm gonna just start okay, everybody come around, sit down. I'm gonna just educate you on something. If you are in the corner, okay, with the ball, and you have somebody making a run in the box, is it better to put a ball along the ground? That they can just redirect with their right foot or their left foot, okay, is that easier, or put a sky ball and try to aim for a guy's head? Come on now, it's easy, okay. Some people out there might have a hard on for guys who can put a beautiful cross and pit it to a guy's head. That's fine if that's what you find in the beauty in in football. When I'm a Milan supporter, all I care about is the ball going in the damn net. Okay, and yeah. the easiest way to do find the easiest way to do that. All right, we talked about this when we attempted to do that video with the uh, the Inter Roma game, and I got critical of Baggio's ball to Zamorano. Yeah. He forced Zamorano to do some work there. If he kept it on the ground, it would have been a lot easier for him. I mean, Zamorano scored the goal. All right. Yeah, but <laughs> I would say any opportunity where you can clip a ball along the ground that somebody all they have to do is just direct it in. With the inside of their foot. That's the easiest way. Why are we trying to put a ball on anybody's head anymore? First of all, the art of that cross is just totally gone. All right. There's maybe five people in the world that can consistently put a ball on somebody's head. All right. is not one of them. And one of them is coaching for Bologna. All right. Yeah. So, Sinisa Mihailovic. Yeah. So, uh, he's not playing. So, that's. I, I had a really hard time trying to understand where that guy was coming from. Nice guy. I've had, I, can't, I can't even remember who did it, but interesting conversations and that sort of thing. But th- to say that you can, you don't count, count grand, grand crosses as crosses, I, it, it's the same
1: thing. Yeah. All right. It's a cross. It's so like you don't count goals that are in you know, a roll on the ground as opposed to hitting top of the net. You know, it's a, they're, they they all count. Yeah. Dumfries, uh, your thoughts on him. It'll be a massive upgrade uh, for right back if, you know, that's what Milan, is uh, if they somehow steal that, because, I mean, who do they have right now? Calabria, he's up and down. You could obviously use him as a backup for both left back and right back. Um, and then Abate, is, he's long gone. And then, you know, uh, who else are you going to have there? You know, uh, young Conti, he's injury prone. We're not sure yet with him. You know, both him and Calabria, they've been very inconsistent. so. It's really hard, you know, for Milan to do anything down the right flank with, you know, rely everything on the left flank with Teo Hernandez because he is consistent. He he can go down the pitch. He can, you know, get back when he needs to. And those other guys, it's it, they'll do it every now and then, but it's not consistent whatsoever. And that's why you see the the the, the ball tends to rotate to the left hand side ultimately because that's where the where the the passes will come in uh, yeah. consistently. So. Yeah, yeah. So I it, it would be an upgrade if they can make it work. Great.
0: Uh, if. Um, you know, so at, at least Milan have realized at least the, the current staff there have realized that right back is a position that really needs to be addressed. So it makes sense. And if they can get Dumfries and they can get him at a price that works for them, that would be a big time upgrade. And man, Can you imagine you get Dumfries bombing down the right? You've got tail bombing down the left. That's going to be something to reckon with. So yeah.
1: it's in a striker at that point, right?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Just get somebody that can,
0: that can bag the goals, whether Ibra stays through all of this, or if another striker comes on board. So, so we shall see. There's going to be a question. We're going to get into listener questions here shortly. Uh, and There's going to be a question about Mirolym Pjanic, but I want to address something that Cordieri was reporting. There is something being flirted out there that there could be a – they're reporting the possibility of a swap uh, between Pjanic uh, going to Chelsea and Jorginho going the other way. Um, Agnelli should have a cigarette if he pulls that off, um, yeah. in my personal opinion. Uh, I I think that Pjanic has down as is 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 trending downward. I think that Jorginho's been very steady. I think he's found his legs in the Premier League and he's become a very important piece to that Chelsea team. Um I, I I'm gonna say that this has a 50-50 chance of happening, largely because I think Pjanic is gone after this season is over with whenever it's over. Um but this specific decision to swap for Jorginho when Juventus is possibly in line for some other midfield type players, Pogba still kind of being talked about. Although somebody reported that maybe that's a pipe dream from a, uh, from a cost or from a salary standpoint, um, Tonali, you know, there's, there's a, there's a number of names being linked with Juventus's midfield. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, this Pjanic Jorginho swap is a coin flip at best for me.
1: I agree. I agree. And I, I think the success rate of uh, Pjanic if he went to Chelsea would not be as good as if, say, he went to Barcelona. I think Barcelona do do very good things with older midfielders, especially those in a Regista-type role. And so um, if you were to go to Chelsea, I think it would be very unsuccessful for him. And you know that would be a steal for Juventus uh, if they were to get Jorginho because that's obviously Sarri's guy. He knows the system. He knows how to pull the strings. Uh, uh, and if that were to happen, that would be by Tonali because that would not happen at all. Sure. Uh, it wouldn't make sense for, you know, playing time or anything. But um yeah, I, I give it at best fifty fifty uh that swap move to Chelsea because uh as as good as it would sound for Juventus fans, it doesn't make real sense for Pianic or Chelsea. So sure so lose, lose lose for both of those guys or those two parties. Sure. Those
0: were the three that, that jumped out for me to have a look at and was worth talking about. I mean, sure certainly there's gonna be more rumors swirling around as you know as we all have this time on our hands before the games resume. So I'm sure it will be bringing up more as we go, but those are certainly noteworthy names and uh, we'll see what happens. So, I mean, everything's fluid with transfers. You never, you never know. And most yeah. of these, most of yeah. these stories that break, I'd say 98% of them are always and end up being false. Yep. So just fun to talk about. All right. I think we got, uh, we, 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 we said to the listeners, ask us anything. And uh, they came up big time again, didn't they?
1: They did, they did. We got lots of questions. I hope I got them all. And if I didn't, maybe you can uh, you can you know catch me up the ones I missed. But uh, you ready? Fire away. <laughs> all right. First from our friends up north, uh, the Calcio guys. Hey guys, it's good thing good to hear from you guys. Uh, they say with today marking 20 years since Lazio last won the Scudetto, if the season were to resume, do you guys like their chances to win it? Rank it. Rank the likelihood from one to ten. And much love as always from Montreal. Stay safe, ragazzi. You as well. So, Frank, uh, if the if the season were to resume, uh, when it resumes, hopefully, uh, what do you what do you rate their chances of winning the Scudetto this season? Um, I'm gonna say a six.
0: I'm gonna give them an. I'm I'm gonna give them more than half a chance. Okay. Uh, the concern I have is they gotta go to the J uh, among the fixtures that that remain here, and I. They're one of the few teams that can do it, though, right? Yeah, uh, sure. They're probably they they beat the only team that can do it. Definitely, they've beaten them. You know, and they've beaten him twice so far this season. But trying to yeah. beat a team, one of the hardest things to do is beat a team three times in a row. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if they can pull that off. I'm just taking a look at Lazio's schedule. I'm on a site that's not letting me do that. And I think that just has to do with the fact that all of this is uh, gone. Actually, Ne- actually there's a next button that's nice
1: oh wait well you look at that i'll, you know, I'll tell you yeah. my, my chances i think if the season had not had this hiatus and the season continued on from where it was i thought i would say their, their chances are probably like it's up there it's it's neck and neck with juventus because they were playing so well um juventus had you know a little bit of hiccups and they were they're doing well obviously as well but you know you uh in lazio were scoring goals and, and bunches and you know uh, immobile was just on fire but with this break, you honestly do not know what the shape of the players and the teams are going to be like, what kind of momentum do they lose or did, are, are they going to have new momentum. Who knows? And, uh, you know, a 6 out of 10 is not a bad shout. You know, I'm I really, I'm just really hoping someone does beat Juventus. I'm going to give them this a little bump up 7 out of 10. Uh, but, it's yeah, it's going to be difficult. So many unknowns with this break, uh, this hiatus that we had, and what kind of shape is anybody in at all? And you got to rely on the bench. You know, which team has more depth? And I'm going to give the depth mm-hmm. edge probably to Juventus and in this case if you want to talk about that. So it's going to be difficult for Lazio, Um, but, you know, we don't also don't know what kind of shape Juventus, Juventus could be in far worse shape, you know, as far as you know, the older players and whatnot. So I'd be curious to see. The thing that Lazio has going for them is that Serie A is all they have left to play. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um You know, Juventus is still chasing a treble. Will mobile still be hot? Yeah, you know, he was my pick for Capacan and Yeti, so I expect him to be, you know, hmm. fully ready to go. I expect him to, and hopefully uh, still can do what he needs to do to break Higuain's record. Now, the away fixtures aren't daunting. They um, they do they do travel to Torino. Um, they travel to Lecce, and, you know, Lecce can be tricky. Yeah, um, very passionate, rabid fan base. Well, they're not going to have fans there, so... Um, uh, at Udinese, at Juve, at Hellas Verona, and then at Napoli. So it's not horrible. I'm worried about those at, at I'm worried about at Juve, and I'm worried about at Napoli. Yeah. And then the home fixtures, very man- manageable Fiorentina, Milan, Sassuolo, uh, Cagliari, Brescia. Um, you know, yeah. so it's, it's doable. Um, you know, the home fixtures they probably can get taken care of and it's doable. I just think that the trip to Huve and trying to beat them a third time in a row is really hard. Finishing the season at Napoli when, you know, they're probably going to have to, it might be a scenario where they're going to have to win at the San Paolo and the way Gattuso really got Napoli playing here before all of this broke. Um, you know, and if he can get that, if he can, you know, get Napoli to regain that form. Um, <clears throat> I, I just I find it difficult. I'll give them more than half a chance because they're so close. Uh, but I, I think there's some fixtures that, that might just be a little bit too tricky for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I get the questions, don't I? Uh, let's go to the next question. Uh, my phone will start working. Uh, it comes from Rafa. Uh, Rafa Rispo from the Far From Vesuvius podcast. Hi, Rafa. Hey, he Rafa. Said, I think it's obvious Sandro Tonali will leave Brescia. I agree. Uh, where does he uh, where does he end up and why is it why is he the best fit? Um, yeah, you gonna want, want have this we kind of we kind of answered this question a couple weeks ago, but um you know obviously new new situations come up and so I'm curious how, if your if your thoughts have changed at all.
0: I, I mentioned that Lazio would be a very intriguing fit, but it's not going to happen. Um, Inter for me, I really I, and I know the papers are saying that he's the favorite, but how many midfielders does Antonio Conte need? No. You know, and you run the risk of him getting lost, and who's gonna go? And I mean, I know that Alex has mentioned that Matias Vecino will probably be gone. Borja Valero will probably be gone. You know, but you got Stefano Sensi who's yep. gonna be recovered. You've got Niccolo Barella, you've got Brozovic, um, you've got some you've got some midfield, you got Ericsson. Um, you know, so you've got some midfielders in here, and you bring Tenali into that mix, and and sure, that's gonna be a dangerously deep midfield, but how do you keep all of those players happy? So, I mean, it, it, you know, it's interesting. He's a Milan fan. He grew up a Milan fan. Would love to see him at the Rossoneri, but I think Milan are going to get priced out. Um, and I think they really like Benacer, um, who plays in a similar, who plays in a l- relatively similar position. Yeah. So, you know, th- that's out. Now, Benacer, I it's was thought that PSG were going to come in for him and Milan has said no. Um, So that's another side story to that. But, you know, can a Beneser Tonali midfield coexist? I could see the potential in that. Um, Juventus would be a very good fit if they're going to part with Pjanic. I hate to say that because, you know, it would be a case of the rich getting richer. But as far as the teams that are realistically in for Tonali's services, Juventus would end up, the more I think about it, the more I, think what a great fit that would be for him. Yeah. Um having Bentoncourt in that midfield with him doing a lot of the dirty work, I think that that would be extremely dynamic. So um I think it would be a kind of a a, a lateral move for him to go to Inter and not because you know, Inter's clearly a better has you know in stature Inter is a better club than Brescia. But having to compete for playing time and having to compete for his place with four, five, possibly six other players in that midfield is going to put him at a disadvantage and it's going to stunt his career growth. So, um, And I'm not saying this because I wear red and black and I bleed red and black. I'm saying this because I'm looking at the surplus of midfielders that Inter have and wonder how they're
1: going to pull it off and keep them happy. We had this chat in the World Football Index chat group about uh, where to, where Tonali was likely to go, and I kept saying he's going to come to Milan, guys. You know, they laughing at me. You know, there's very little chance he's going to come to Milan. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I thought I think the best fit for him, um, you know, now that, no, I'll, I'll get to that. But I, I thought Juventus would be the best fit for him. You know, you know, pitch time. He's under sorry, sorry really develops these registas. If Pjanic leaves, obviously that's a, that's a that's a place where he can fit in. But then you start thinking about, you know, if they get that swap deal and get Jorginho, that's not going to be a good fit for him. Um, and obviously you mentioned, you know, how the fit would be with Inter. So it, it's a tale of, you know, if that swap deal does happen, then you're like, at this point, it doesn't matter where, which, those, which one of those two clubs he goes to because it's going to be likely the same scenario where, you know, he's going to be struggling for pitch time and has to really, really earn it on the, on the practice field. And that's going to be hard. Uh, sorry doesn't rotate as much as you know you would want and and Conte if you get if you get under his you know bad side you're not going to see the, the day of light so uh it's difficult right and you know we would love to have a milan obviously sure. uh, but you know milan obviously loves Benaire and um you know you said lazio and Rafa brought this question up and I'm thinking maybe Napoli maybe not they got some good young midfielders it's a very tough midfield there but hey it'd be a nice young crew young group that he'd be working with and they could grow up together. So That's it's option. a nice 4 3 3 fit. If Catuzo
0: continues to play in a 4 3 3 there, um, yeah. he would fill the Jorginho role. Yeah. Because um, Alan's leaving there anyway, isn't he? Probably. And you'd have Ruiz still there and you'd have you you'd have some kind of a midfield of, of Tonali, Ruiz, and, and Zielinski um, as an example. Uh you've got Deme in there, you've got Labotka who both have come in and have been serviceable. Yeah. So but they're not as they're not Tonali. No. So there might be a surplus of midfielders at Napoli, but it's gonna be a lot easier for him to break through there. Um and so, you got the
1: Gatuto who worked with uh Pirlo, so you kinda of gonna try to put him in the same, you know, positions that he was in, maybe. Eh, who sure. Knows? Who knows? Sure. You never know. You never know. So I I I
0: fits enter uh I don't Inter's the favorite according to all of the folks that are in the business I just I don't like the fit yeah. Juventus Napoli probably the best fits uh Lazio is an intriguing fit milan's kind of the wish but yeah yeah uh, probably not gonna you know I'd probably rule that one out
1: how about Atalanta
0: <laughs> i don't know if I, but i don't think he's an atalanta type guy you yeah. know when you look at the midfielders that they've got they've got workers they don't have yeah. like a deep lying ball play. they they really want gomez to pull the strings they really want ilicic to pull the strings they get the work from their wingbacks um so for me I, I i i don't see the fit
1: uh with how they're currently set up you mentioned roma last time didn't you about um a possible fit for Tanali. roma's
0: interesting happened? sure
1: um You know, what do you do
0: with some of the other guys that they've brought in? Um, Pellegrini, for example, um, it kind of gets it kind of gets crowded, it kind of gets duplicated because
1: Pellegrini does a little of what Tonali does, he just does it in higher positions. Hear me on this one this is a, a very much a pipe dream because this team can't hold any players, but Sassuolo they got a good young group there which they're not going to be able to keep. But if they were, some, if some way, some miracle they able to keep Caputo and Boga and, and the whole bunch, add Tonali in there, that just makes them that much more fun to watch. They might not stop anything, but it'd be interesting. That it'd, be, it'd be fun to have him as a regista and then have all those attacking options in front of him. I mean, that would be fun week in and week out.
0: Oh, it's definite fantasy. but Yeah, for sure. Um, unless Sassuolo comes in with a metric butt-ton of money, uh, it's not going to happen. So. A
1: chic. Come on. Yeah. Chief. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody out there with some oil money, get in there and buy Sassuolo so they could have Tenali and we can really have some fun with this. Phone us. We'll hook you up. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, right on. All right. So let's go to the next question. <laughs> this kind of, this next question is um, a rollover from our, our, we were joining on a couch of connection with Alex Dono and Jerry Mancini. And I, I think it was Ma- Michael Lisi at, the, at that time who posed a question about uh, Barbara Berlusconi over uh, versus Wanda Nara who would you take and uh, I mean, it all started because Jerry had no idea who Barbara Berlusconi was at first and we had to teach him about her uh, who she was and then then he wouldn't stop talking about it nonstop yes i'm yes i'm going to call you that uh, Jerry so he kind of posted a question for us kind of continuation of that and he says all right you're forced to name either Wanda Icardi or Barbara Berlusconi as the first female manager of AC Milan who would you choose? Two stipulations: if Wanda or Barbers accepted, Mario Cardu or Berlusconi would have to be their assistant managers. <laughs> Jerry, go to hell for asking this question. <laughs> yeah, I'm abstain.
0: I'm abstain. But I, I, I abstained from that question on the Calcio connection. I'm abstaining from this one. So <laughs> I don't want those are those are just those are even I can't even <laughs> my
1: conscience can't even
0: put together a nightmare like that.
1: So. No. The headache for both of them. you had a great line last week about, you know, what was it uh, uh they both come over- with ba- they both come
0: with baggage, headache to satisfaction, headache to hey. satisfaction ratio.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, I, I last week I answered it, but I think, you know, for this question in particular, <laughs> I'm gonna abstain as well because I wouldn't want either in any circumstance, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring me back Young Hong Lee.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Well, uh, we'll ask look- you this. We'll ask you this, Jerry, and you can answer this for us. Which one would you rather have at Lazio? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it had to be one of them. Nobody yep. else. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Next one comes from Javier Zavala or Xavier, excuse me. He says, what team do you think plays the most negative anti-possession, you know, long balls, lowest blocks, set pieces, etc. style of football and calcio? It's
0: tough. Yeah, I saw this question. Uh, thank you, Xavier. It's a good question. Um, and, uh, you know, I was uh, it was an intriguing one. Um, and and there's only two names I could come up with that those teams are are comfortable letting the other team have the ball. Um, Hellas Verona is one. Uh, but I and, and and here's the thing: when I evaluate all of these teams, I don't know if there's really anyone that's playing anti-football in Serie A. Like as they're saying, you know, is there some low block stuff going on? Absolutely. Is there teams that are happy letting the other team have more of the ball? Absolutely. I think you yeah. look at. Hellas Verona, being a team that's been successful by doing things on the counter and winning with hard work, and the job that Juric has done. Hell enter I'll, as well when they play the bigger clubs. Sure, sure, and I think when you, I think you look at Spal in a way tries to play like that a little bit. Um, you know, I would also suggest that Fiorentina is somewhat built that way, or at least should be, because. We talked about this with some of their games when Fiorentina is inferior in possession it actually works in their favor because Chiesa gets more room on the break and he can link up with Vlaovic and they can do some some excellent things you know but I would probably say you know the teams in terms of frequency you know the ones that keep coming to me is Hellas Verona and Spal and I don't think they're really playing anti football I just think that they're they're built to be comfortable with letting the other team have more of the ball than them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think you know, Spal and years past, you could certainly say that. But this year, I think they're a little bit, a little bit more open, We're a little bit better. Um, certainly not Lecce. Lecce try to attack you and they just get beat for it because they don't have yeah. the defensive cat to keep up with that. Um, you know, trying to look at some of the teams, uh, the two teams I know are most far away probably are Atalanta and Sassuolo because they're always just trying to attack and stuff. So that's fun sure. to watch. Parma, you know. Oh, not Parma, excuse me, uh, Hellas Veronas. I, I could see that in a way, but honestly, they play really well sound defensively and, and it's, it works to their advantage. And, you know, that might be the closest, honestly, but it's beautiful defensive Italian football and, uh, you know, Catanachi almost really. Uh, and it's it's really great to see the way they do it. And maybe just because it's a nice story by them. So I, I kind of don't look at that. I mean, if I had to pick a team, it would be Spall, but I mean, look at all the teams in the league and, Honestly, I mean, you can't really say that about anybody. Um, mm. At times, you know, Genoa and Sampdoria kind of play a little bit like that, and, and Brescia at times, are, you know, but it's more unattractive. and They're not playing well. Fiorentina as well. No, no one really is playing anti football. I would say in this league, at you know, certainly in the past, certainly in the past, but right now, most teams are trying to get on the offensive side. That's why Serie A has so many goals now. They're one of the top, if not the top scoring team, you know, every week. So. Our league every week, so it's changing how it used to be by far. Yeah, indeed.
0: Yeah, it's you don't have that. I mean, Genoa found a little success under Davide Ballardini doing this for a little while uh, a couple seasons ago. Um, Dentist chairs, dentist chair. Yeah, like we were saying, that was a good example. Yeah. Yep. So, but we haven't seen anything really like that. I think teams are trying to be a little bit more positive. You just have some teams that are, you know, if we're possessing it 45% of the time, we can live with that. We'll let you have it in certain spots and we'll let you make your mistakes in these spots and we'll hit you. But, you know, I just, like I said, I mean, I think the two we talked about are probably the two that are primary, you know, in terms of, you know, playing more of a counter-attacking game, but to call them anti-football uh, really can't get there with either of them. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, next question is from Joseph Porco from Calcio Fan Blogs. Uh, by the way, anybody, who's, all these questions that are coming in. Please give them all a follow. They're awesome follows. So uh, yeah, good the guys. Question, the question he says, "Do you actually believe these rumors of Pjanic? We kind of talked about leaving Juve in the next summer transfer window. Uh, you know, we talked about the possible swap deal and, and this and that. So what are you? What are your thoughts on the uh, believing the rumors that he would he's actually going to leave? I think he's I think he's gone. Yeah.
0: Um, I think that there were certainly high hopes when Saudi came in and built his his formation that. Pjanic would be jorginho and it hasn't quite hasn't quite gone yeah you know the other things that Pjanic takes joy in taking free kicks you know a certain portuguese guy is there doing that now you know he'll take some corners he'll do some certain things that but he's had a few things taken away from him he's also put in he's played a lot of games over his career. I mean, he's put on a lot of miles from Leon to Roma to now Juve.
1: uh, Was it last year uh, or whatever, I remember one year you were reading a stat that he played like something like 81 games in a year. It was like, that's ridiculous how many games he played, you know, he, he just worked too much. Yeah. And the position he plays, I mean, in the middle of the
0: park and the ground that he has to cover in real, in all reality, especially the Allegri years where it was just him and Kadira, you know, chasing a lot of shadows in games that Huve ended up being in a disadvantage at. Yeah. And that adds up. Um when you're playing that many games in a year and then all the games he goes and plays for his country. Um he's not the Pianic of three seasons ago. No. Um, you know, when he just when he got onto the scene at Huve, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I think that you're seeing him in particular as a guy that is breaking down. Um I think you may want to offload him. I think that if they can get, you know, one of the bigger clubs to do it and take it off his hands, you know, take it off their hands, it's great. Um, I think that, you know, I I think it's a buyer beware though for the other clubs. Um, You're not getting the the Pionics that you think you're getting. You're going to get a guy that might give you a burst for five to 10 games just because the change of scenery will rejuvenate him. But after that, you know some of that. Uh, you know the the the, the miles are going to kick in again, and uh, you know it'll probably get back to it'll probably end up being back to the form that we've seen from him most of this season.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you know you made a good point about how um, losing his specialty, which is you know set pieces, uh, that got pretty much taken away from him when when Cristiano Ronaldo came in. Uh, that had a big impact on him, you know, not only, yep. you know, does he not get as much opportunities now, but I'm sure he doesn't he he is not enjoying his football as much as he did. Yeah, they're winning. Uh, but, you know, you got that one aspect and he's also breaking down his body's actually breaking down as well. And, you yep. know, he's trying to catch up to him. So I, I think the chances are that he's leaving this summer is 90 percent at least. Um yeah. he's not having fun right now and he's probably gonna go somewhere that he can take at least set pieces, at least he'll contribute some way, you know. And he's still for my money, you know, even as last year, um he was probably one of the top two, top three spe- set piece specialists, along with, you know, Apollo Dybala, who's also not getting as many opportunities now. So um, you know, it's unfortunate for Pianic and you know, he had he's had a really good career. Uh so hopefully he can go somewhere that he can at least prolong his career just a little bit longer, but it's not gonna be Juventus, I think, after this.
0: I'll give you the place where I think that he would probably would probably be the best environment for him. PSG. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Speaks French. The
0: French the French league is probably I mean, he he played at Lyon. Yep. The the French league is it's decent. They're certainly producing a lot of promising talented players, but when you look at the profile of it, it is a step down. Um Motta extended his career by going there. Exactly. Um, And I think that he can play in a deep-lying role there in that midfield. I mean, if Neymar is going to go, and there's talk that he might go back to Barcelona or God knows where, you know, there's opportunities for being a set-piece specialist. Yeah, you got Di Maria there still. Uh, But I think that he's a guy that has the brand name that he could still be at a big club, and a club like PSG could still probably use his services. I wonder if Leon Um, would take him back. That's another place, Leo. Um, so you know some of these
1: French teams. Marseille is going to be back in the Champions League next season. Um, I seem to go to a smaller club like Strasbourg, team who's, who's just on a precipice of you know European action and just need that one little bit of piece that maybe set pieces or something.
0: Well, you support Strasbourg, that's why you want them there. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it's so I if, if he go if he went to if he went back to Ligue 1, I think that would be the yeah. best environment for him. I think the Premier League, I think he'd get eaten alive. I think La Liga, he'd be okay. I, I don't. I don't think Barcelona is an ideal destination for him though.
1: If, if he wants a nice, quiet place to to retire, where you know he's out of the spotlight, he can go to like Dude Lounge in Luxembourg. The Dude Lounge. <laughs> the dude Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> the Dude
0: Lounge. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think they can afford him. I think the entire yeah. team the entire team doesn't make what he makes playing for Juve.
1: So. Yeah, no. Uh, speaking of the dude lounge, uh, we got a question from our friends at the Milan weekly podcast. Uh, they ask, uh, this is, I think this is more geared towards you. Uh, how excited are you Frank for German football this weekend? Also, is it the right decision to try to slow move, uh, slow move this forward to some sort of normal? Uh, they're excluding me from this cause I guess they know my answers already. <laughs> um,
0: I'll start with the Bundesliga. Yeah. I, I, I just want to watch some kind of football now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm excited that DraftKings has contests. Um I think I put whatever's whatever's left of my bankroll I've already put in reserved. <laughs> so that's how excited I am for that. I know that Steve has like been on me because I can't place a bet <laughs> anymore. I'm like betting on which of my kids are gonna win rock, paper, scissors and stuff like that. But uh, I'm not that much of a degenerate, Steve. Um but anyway, uh yeah i just i want to watch something at this point so yeah. and i think most people share that sentiment and they're excited about bundesliga coming back i got friends here at home that don't watch soccer and i tell them i said well yeah fox sports one is going to have german bundesliga and they say what time yeah i'll watch anything right now for god's sake uh, so yeah we'll will watch we'll watch bundesliga yeah yeah you've got bundesliga and nascar this weekend yeah i'm gonna i'm going to watch nascar yeah <laughs> on sunday yeah. and <laughs> i've got relatives that are big nascar fans but i'm gonna actually sit and watch a bunch of cars turn left okay
1: uh, i used to do that i used to do that
0: <laughs> yeah so uh for three hours or whatever however long yeah. it is. and then they're gonna talk about all sorts of terminology with automobiles that i have no clue what they're talking about it's like the restrictor plate or this or that i'm like yeah okay fine fix it and go so <laughs> but anyway um uh as far as the sec the second part of his question I think i I want to praise the leagues that are making the effort right now because I think that they if you if you read the articles doctors are involved health people are involved they're being responsible yeah okay if you're gonna do this be responsible all right and and by and large we are seeing that from every league they're getting all of the protocols taken care of they're trying to tick all of the boxes and they're trying to do this to bring it back safely and if players are are coming back and deciding to play at will if managers want to manage at will if people want to if people want to work at will you know let them do it but bringing it along slowly is a very intelligent way to do it go through the health protocols get all of the right questions answered you know, if you're going to do it this way, I'm on board with it now. And 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 this is coming from a guy that for weeks said, when when all of this hit, said, okay, we're, let's be done with these seasons and start 2020, 2021. Yeah. But as a fan of the game, if they're finding a responsible way of doing this and they're doing this with top health officials' opinions at heart, then I'm all in with them
1: bringing it back. Okay? And I think I think all f- followers of football – should be watching this weekend because we really want to see does this you know this protocol this way that Bundesliga is trying to do it, is it going to work? Yeah, and obviously you're going to need several weeks to really understand the grass of it with a lot of um, you know sample size. But it, if it starts working, you going to see the English league and Syria and, and, Serie a and Liga, maybe not league on, but uh, La Liga, they're all going to start you know try to gear, get their, their their gears going and try to get get this ball run, running running. Um, again, if it doesn't work well, we're going to have to go back to scar- square one, and that may just cancel the whole thing. Who knows? But the Bundesliga is really going to be the the catalyst, whether we have or do not have a season, remainder of the season. Sure. So, yeah, so that's as as, as long as we're getting that, um,
0: as, as long as we're getting that, and as long as they're going through every possible protocol and doing it reasonably and doing it safely, have at it. And if 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 the players and the managers are willing to come back and perform and play, have at it.
1: <laughs> Funny story about the Bundesliga. Uh, the Augsburg manager is not going to be able to be at the sideline for the next game because he broke German protocol and he left his house to go get some toothpaste. So he's going to miss the game because he went to get toothpaste. Anyway, <laughs> it has to be some really damn good toothpaste. <laughs> it better be,
0: right? Vodka. Vodka. The, 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 the team provided toothpaste was not acceptable to him? No. Yeah. Or, the, or, the, or the hotel one. <laughs> I don't know. The hotel one, the, the forget something program?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. oh. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my. All right. Next question uh, comes from our friends of the Las Vegas Atalanta supporters group. They asked hey. Jack Bonaventura back to, it, to Atalanta who wins this deal Mike Lisi says Jack
0: <laughs> what's your what what do you think I you know Milan wins this deal I mean I think, think I think Jack ran his course and the injury proneness um you know and things like that I think that well I mean Milan weren't going to resign him anyway you know and i think that you know going you know a a a 2.0 a jack 2.0 in this atalanta team i don't know if it's i don't know if it's going to work i think that atalanta has evolved in terms of who they are i mean it was a different team when Bonaventura was there player, if anything he won't be a What's starter that? he might, yeah, might he, be a depth player if anything but it won't be a starter he's a guy that's going to maybe play 10 15 minutes at a time and that might be good for him to prolong his career because he's he gets hurt a lot, um, you know, and uh, that was something that was always difficult. I mean, yeah, when he, he had flashes of very good play for Milan, I you know I don't think he was excellent by any stretch. I think that he did a number of things well, um, but I think that it, the writing was on the wall. It was time to move on and, and you know, M- Milan needed to move on because they need the money. They need to be able to grow their club in a different way. And uh, Bonaventura going to Atalanta. I just, like I said, I think at- Atalanta is a completely different team from the time that he left. So it's, I think it's going to be harder for him.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And uh, you know, Jack is going to, it's always going to be one of the fan favorites. He has been the fan favorite since his entire tenure at Milan, uh, just because he came right at the end of, uh, of all the legends leaving and, Uh, We had so much hope for him. He, you know, he he talked about how the pride he had for Milan. You know, he he, he had wonderful tears of joy many times over Milan. And so he's always gonna be a fan favorite. But like you said, he ran his course. Um, He's no longer in the starting picture anymore. And the team's not even that good at the moment. And so he's not. He's not getting his playing time now. And um, he's gonna go to Atalanta to a team that's you know much better in a much better situation. They play a different brand of football, like you said. And he's not going to be on the starting pitch there. Yeah, you know, he, if he wants to go prolong his career, it's a great place to do it. Um, but I think I agree with you. Ultimately, Milan wins this, um, and maybe maybe Jack wins it. Maybe maybe Jack has a special place in his heart for Bonaventura uh, for, Bonaventura, for um, Atalanta too. So you know, maybe he wins slightly as well too. A little bit sure. of nostalgia there, but I I, I like your Milan shot for winning this deal in particular.
0: Sure.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, Next question comes from bag full of toffee, the Evertonians. Uh, He says with us being linked with half of all the players in Italy, do you think we'll actually take anyone off the top of his head? Some of the names that he's heard possibly going into Everton are Donnaroma, vicino or vecino, Alan, Kulabali, Cengiz under, Clivert, Zaniolo, Dzeko, Bellotti, Immobile, Luis Alberto, Ramsey, Cumbulia. Those are some of the ones. Do you think any of those are going to go there? Um, this, 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 Vicino
0: probably makes the most sense out of all of them.
1: Yeah. Um, he's the least likely to be still at the club, you know, come next year. Or so, right.
0: I, I, Ramsey just got at Juventus and I think they like him. Um, and he's kind of grown, he's, he, he's kind of grown there a little bit too, especially over the last couple of opportunities he got to play. Um, some of these other names, I think, are pipe dreams that bigger clubs are going to be after.
1: And Ancelotti has some has some links with some of these players and stuff, but but still, it's going to be hard. Yeah, the Premier League is, is a big it's a big uh, pull for a lot of players, and and the money is as well. But um, you got to look at uh, I mean, Everton's obviously making a big had a big resurgence, you know, with, with Ancelotti now, and uh, maybe that maybe that that thirst of playing in England is going to drive some players. But I think a majority of those players that were listed are going to remain either in Serie A or. Or go yeah. to even bigger clubs, um, you know, like the uh, Real Madrid of the World or whatever, something like that, because there's some really good players on that list. Uh, Luis Alberto is a uh, stud. Alan makes sense because yeah. of
0: the, the link with Ancelotti yeah. being at yeah. Napoli. But, I mean, I – yeah, I mean, I think Vecino is the probably most practical out of all of those.
1: Isn't Cambuja so, going somewhere? He's going to Juventus, isn't
0: he? Yeah, Cambuja might be either Juve or Inter. Um or is it Napoli? I think it is. I know he's going. I know he's going to be at one of the bigger <laughs> sure. clubs. He's 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 going to be going to one of the bigger clubs in Italy. I don't think it's, he's going.
1: to. People were talking about him hooking up with uh, De Vrij and stuff like that, and so I think that's what it was. Yeah. So, so we'll see um, about Kumbula. But he's not. No, he's not going to
0: Everton. Yeah. So Vicino one, Allen two. I don't think anybody else on that list after that would go to Goodison Park.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately for from bag full of toffee i guess yeah um vj raman he says uh with Chiellini and balotelli making nice uh and or making up and being all nice again what are here what are the chances a similar thing happens between Chiellini and Melo? um has been ruffling the feathers about a, a lot of people lately uh and particularly Melo and and balotelli um he uh he he basically called them lazy and he didn't like playing with them is the gist of it uh, he kind of backtracked a little bit, especially on the Balotelli thing. And he said, you know, I kind of spoke before we thought about it. It's really stupid on my part. Um, but it seems like him and Balotelli have made up a little bit. But uh, what do you think him and Miller, the chances of them making up?
0: Slim to none. And Slim walked out the door. <laughs> um, yeah. Chiellini is turned into the guy that sits in the front porch of his house in his rocking chair with his favorite drink. Clint Eastwood in uh, what's that movie?
1: uh grant uh, torino torino
0: <laughs> just you and 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 it's almost as if you say anyone's name and he'll just start talking shit about the guy yeah so um
1: that's, back in my day i stopped him 20 times in the
0: game. yeah old man syndrome with and he's <laughs> not even old man yet so um too many too many bandages to the head maybe in his career but um you know, I mean, it's just like it's it's. If you have a beef with people, you know, wait till you retire. I hate this stuff. And and and, and, media, and, you know? and and put it in a book and try to sell it. What are you doing, running your mouth and letting people run with clickbait? Yeah. And if you're gonna talk shit about somebody and have it come back to bite you, at least try to make some money off of it. Put it in a book.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I hate I hate when players nowadays that they, they talk their shit uh over social media like they do and. Like you said, it's just clickbait at this point. It's, yeah. Save even sell it for a book like Pirlo did, you know? Yeah, <laughs> all yeah. the players. So, yeah, some guys will just wait
0: until the end of their career, and then they'll just start writing a book, and you'll see they'll just start unloading on people, and it's awesome to read. Yeah. <laughs> so, but don't do it to don't do it for somebody who gets to make a buck putting in a report that okay. you won't get to, that you won't get to see. So, so that's just my guide. If you're gonna if you're gonna t- if you're gonna have a great career, and you want to talk shit about people that you didn't like along the way, wait till you retire and somebody approaches you about a book deal. Don't do it where a journalist gets to make the money off of it and you don't. And worse yet, you could get fined if, if the owner doesn't like what you said, but Agnelli's never going to find Chiellini.
1: No, no. Yeah. I agree hundred percent with that. Uh, next coming from Chiesa de Totti. He's at, they ask uh, who has a bigger role for Italy at Euro 2021? Tonali or Zagnolo? That's a tough one. Um, I for me it's Zagnolo.
0: Okay. And let me okay. why is that? And I and I thought about this. Is a great question, first of all. Um Chiesa di Totti. Um when you look at Mancini's four three three setup, okay. You know, you have Jorginho and you have Tonali, you have deep lying playmakers, okay. Mancini is further along in this project with Jorginho. You got two guys that are very, very good in their role at that position. Um, And when you do that, a manager is most typically going to air to the more experienced guy, air to the guy that he has been further along with in in his own process. So to me, Jorginho is going to win out over Tonali. Now this might bite me in the ass a year from now, but that's what the logic says to me. You know, so Zaniolo, what is he? Is he in the three man midfield on either side of Jorginho? Or is he the, or do you put him on the right hand side of the front three? Because I don't think the right hand side of the front three is figured out yet. Um, I think Insigne is good as your as your left-sided guy. I think the striker right now is Belotti, although Immobile is going to get some Italy international games where he can show that he can do it in a 4-3-3. We've talked about this many times about why it's been a struggle for him. The right-hand side is there to be taken, in my opinion. I think Chiesa has struggled. Um, I think that Bernadeschi does a good job. I think Bernadeschi might be one of those guys that when he puts on the Italy colors, he's potentially going to be different than what he does for his clubs yeah. Um, because it hasn't quite gone well for him at Juve. Um, You know, so those are candidates. But I think that that position is there for the taking. And if Zaniolo can recover from his injury, regain his fitness, still show his pace, he can run at people, he can dribble, and his skill set can be very, very useful for that side. Um, You know, so for me, I think Zaniolo has the chance to make a bigger impact than Tonali.
1: Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's that's a good point. So, uh, you know, historically, I would always say a team that has a strong Regista is a team that's going to win and, and do really well in these tournaments. Um, as of right now, I agree 100%. Jorginho's got the foothold on that position, and he's more than likely going to be the number He's a certainty that he's going to be in the position before yeah. uh, to start today. But like you said, we don't know what's going to happen a year from now and what kind of development Tonali has depending on where he goes next season. Uh, if he goes somewhere where he's going to get pitch time, a good team, maybe, and gets as a starter there, and all of a sudden develops into even uh, more of what his potential could be, then he gives Jorginho a run for his money, especially if Jorginho has a poor year. But sure, uh, more than likely, I agree with you that uh, Zagnola has could probably be the more impact because there is more uh, more chance of him getting a starting position because there is no one really that's stolen that position yet. Uh, and in the, in the right wing spot, uh, the midfield is going to be hard to crack in that in that Azzurri lineup. Uh, for anybody yeah, the three guys are there they're now are really really good so uh Jorginho, barella and
0: verati and then you've got sensi when he sensi comes Wade. back
1: yep so bit, so
0: and you've got i mean certain kid in florence right now Castrovili. Oh, let's man. see how he continues to grow over the next year too yeah and so he could end up in the plans so
1: it, that right wing spot is going to be for Zaniolo's taking, or at least going to be up there, up and the, up to grab. So I think that's probably the most likely. But you know, like you said, a year from now, depending on how the cards fall for all these players, yeah, who knows? Good yep. news, Zaniolo back, getting back now from uh, his injury. So that's great news for great news, not only for Roma but for for the Azzurri and and Serie A fans in general.
0: And a great question. Come uh, on, everybody else, ask questions like Chiesa Di Totti. Come on, push us. <laughs> jerry all right. asking about barbara and
1: wanda you ask you to ask people ask anything come on now you had that spill over from the pod we did with them i mean that's true all right uh frank uh, not you uh, another frank uh he asked the current bologna squad a bologna question I like it uh their squad is packed with potential so as much so much as i love sinisa he's talking about mihailovich do they need to appoint a higher level manager to take them to the next step uh, I know a consistent goal scorer will be top on the list. Let's say Allegri takes charge of that team tomorrow. Could he do better? We talked about this though.
0: Do you really need a con? You do really need. Do you really need a world class goal scorer with how they're set up now? No. With Sansone, with Orsolini, and with Soriano. You need a guy that just gets in the right place at the right
1: time and can bag goals. Palacio, he's just older. He can do it for 10, 15 minutes, but they need someone to do it for 16, you, to 75.
0: The way Bologna is set up, you don't need a striker that creates his own stuff. You need a striker that can get on the end of things Yeah. with the way they're built. Um, you know. So Palacio makes a lot of sense. He does well. Santander, for me, was always a very weird yeah. uh, pickup for them because I don't think he fits. Can he hold things up? Yes, but when you look at those 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 three those three other guys, they're not pacey. No, they're skilled. Okay, so how do you, you, you if you're holding up play? You're usually doing it so that faster guys can run off of you and you can play them in. Well, Orsolini's not as skilled as he is. He really isn't out running anybody, you yeah. know. And neither is Soriano, Neither is Sansoni. You know, they're skilled. They've got technique that they can work around defenders. They're clever, and then they can finish plays with passes, with crosses, or or, or finishing their own chance. So you need strikers that are going to be on that. It reminds me of 2000 Portugal, but that 2000 Portugal yeah. was far better. Yeah. Um, Rui Costa, João Pinto, and Luis Figo.
1: No striker. And really. who
0: was the striker? Nuno Gomez. And Nuno Gomez scored like four or five goals in that tournament just cuz all he had to do was just be at the end of what those three guys were doing. Yeah. So, you know, so a striker that has instincts and knows where he's going will look really really good. So to answer his question, the collection of strikers you got right now, yeah, Palacio can't last very long in games. But after that there's the, the other guys and you got Santander and I can't remember who the other guy they had. Um, off the top of my head, but it's you not de- I- it's it's not Destro anymore.
1: No, you know oh, I think yeah. it would be a good fit uh, but it's not going to happen because he's going to Napoli and that's Andrea Patania. You know, he doesn't need to do much he, he has good instincts for a goal. I like that. You know, and would like be a really good fit for them as well. He would be out of the limelight, you know, being in Bologna, but he's obviously going to Napoli so that's not going to happen. But that's who I think would fit. Someone someone like that kind of player Caputo uh, would be terrific. Oh, yeah, he'd be good anywhere. Caputo around. would score 20 goals with those three guys behind I him. I think so. I think so. I agree.
0: You know, those are those are good examples, guys that you, you maybe you don't mean, but I think he's gonna be locked in at Sassuolo. So,
1: yeah,
0: because um, Caputo somewhat deals with a system like that now. You know, there's yeah. Boga, there's Berardi, there really isn't a third guy, you know, unless you say unless you say Locatelli, but that's not really what he does. Yeah. Um. So, you know, so there's that now, as far as Mihailovic, I mean, it, it's Bologna. So how is, is Saputo really going to do better than Mihailovic? At, you know, at any point, is Allegri going to come there? I'm... No, I mean theoretically. Right? Theoretically, yeah, Allegri would do better than Mihailovic. Yes, you know, because I think he's got the track record and he's shown that he ha- he can do it. But come from Juve, um, I don't think he would go that far low. I don't think he go would ahead. go that far low. Do you know Pioli's going to be available pretty soon? I think that Pioli think would be. That was the name I heard. P- Bologna and Pioli is what I heard. I thought I think that Pioli would be an excellent fit.
1: Yeah, for that team.
0: If he can, if they can keep it all together, you know, he's a man manager. He's a guy that's going to put them out there and say, do what you've been doing, you know, yep. do what you've been doing and I'll just tweak it to try to make it better. Yep. All right. You know, I'm not going to overhaul what you're doing. I like, I like what we're, I like how we're set up here. I'll just, I'll just make a couple of tweaks to make this thing really go. Yep. So I like that. Show. Um, Did Serbi would be very interesting, although I think he's. Hanging his tatters at at Sassuolo. Um, How about EDF? I you don't think boy. so. It would change the system too much. I think things have burned. I think that he's really kind of burned himself a little here. He's uh go little break. Samp- the Sampdoria situation was a complete failure, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he just did not have the players to fit what he likes to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, at Bologna, it's close. You know, it's not all the way there yet, but it's close. He'd have to really, you know, be willing to adapt, uh, you know, a couple of things for it to work. But I think that Pioli would make a lot of sense because Pioli's one of those guys that's more flexible and he's going to look at what he's got and say, I like what you guys are doing. Okay. That Serbi would have them be a little bit more frenetic, um, but he would have a little bit more of a defensive backbone than what he's used to. Used to having it, certain even at Sassuolo, you know, with Bonnie as a central defender that I think is getting better and improving, and Skrupsi as a goalkeeper, is, is going to be as good as he's had at any stop. Yeah, you know, so Dzherby would be an interesting one, but I think Dzherby's going to hang his hat at Sassuolo for a little while.
1: He's doing really well there right yes, now. Yes, so he, he is. He should he should continue to milk that and, and work his trade even better. So, yeah, sure. good good shouts there. Um, all right, this next one comes from Michael Lisi. He says, "What if anything gets you excited about Ryanek?" Uh, what makes this different than any other change we've seen at Milan over the last 10 years? That's part one. Part two is what was the last kit you guys bought Milan or otherwise, but let's go, let's go with the Rani question first. I'll let you tackle that one. You're the Bundesliga guy. (laughs) Um, What gets me excited about Rani really is uh, he builds youth teams. He builds the youth from the youth up and, and try to build a young squad. And he has an attacking style that he likes um look no further than what he's doing at, at leipzig um the team the way they're playing they're, they're they have a, a clear philosophy now they they only buy young i mean the majority of the players are under 23 so you gotta love that he likes to build a team and and they if they're together when they're young they can grow together and mature together like we saw you know for us at least you know the milan teams in the back in the day when they grew up together and stuff i like guess so um he would be awesome there, and I don't really. I, I'm not looking forward to him as the manager, but and in, in terms of him with his fingerprints all over all over the blueprints and stuff, I do love that, and uh, it would be nice to see uh, attacking football and a, a young team and a team that we can not buy players again from and, and make some money off of, and not just uh, struggle uh, in mid table as we have been. Yeah, um, with you there
0: at this point. How can anything be worse? I mean, I think that, like I said, I, you know, and I've said this multiple times on a number of podcasts. I think that Milan is on the way back up. Okay. It's a slow rise. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're watching what's going on with some of these other clubs. Everybody's, everybody's got their issues. Everybody's had their issues through the years. Liverpool were in, had so much trouble for so long. You know, Manchester United is going through that right now. And you're just talking about the Premier League. You know, you're seeing... You know, Juve. You know, was CalcioPoli related? Certainly, but it took them a while to get it all back together. Inter, it took them a while to get it all back together. You know, so it, clubs go through this. It's just taking it's it's taking a little longer, and a lot of it is the impatient impatience of management, sacking managers, not having some degree of stability. You know, Elliot and Gazidis and Scarone if they're doing this, that means they're all in on it and this better work. Yep. Or the club is set back another 10 years.
1: Yeah. And let's hope, let's hope that they, they, they do know what they're doing and then things are going to turn around because that's going to be a miserable 10 years if that's not the case. So agreed. Uh, anyway. So what's the last kit you guys bought Milan or otherwise? Uh, the last one I bought, uh, I actually bought a Weston McKinney Jersey for Schalke. Uh, prior to that, I had uh let's see, a, a Falcinelli. Jersey, which is behind me here you Yerka, see right there tony tony jersey yeah uh to think i remember what else, what else did i have about i think those are the only yeah those are the most recent ones that i bought those two right there so um this one. I, actually i have a locatelli jersey too that i bought recently when he scored that game winning goal uh against juventus i do have that as well this one right here just before my birthday this year yep oh, ibrahimovic, right.
0: ibrahimovic 21 oh, on the back okay right on so. cool I mean I wore number I, number I wore number 21 when I played so when Ibra picked number 21 it's like I'm so fucking getting that jersey and it's like the first jersey I've bought in like at least like 15 years. at least no um 12 <laughs> years. I bought a Pirlo uh jersey when I was in Italy. Okay. So Oh yeah. well, um, and that was the last one from there. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'm course. usually not a like I used to be. I used to buy... time but Yeah, I'm in the camp of Middle-aged men shouldn't be buying and wearing jerseys.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Women wear them all you want. You know, just yeah. It's it's kind of like it's it's it especially especially NFL football. God, I can't stand it. Guys wearing like oversized jerseys or really fat guys wearing like triple XL jerseys that they're not even like authentic jerseys. The sleeves are down to the elbow. And it's probably a knockoff because the font of the name on the back is not the same as the game jersey. I've seen those.
1: Nothing, and wrong, I know this with with, nothing wrong with buying off-brand. Off
0: <laughs> well, I, and, and I only know this because I have one or two.
1: Yeah, I do too.
0: I got them like for cheap. So I was like, well, screw it. I'm. It tells the story. I, I'm a Troy Polamalu fan. I'll get a Troy Polamalu jersey.
1: So. Ironically, the only two real jerseys I think I bought uh, were the last two. Diego Falcinelli, Di- Diego Falcinelli is from Crotone. I actually bought that. All the best I could get it is from Crotone. And that's where I got it from. And then it was the was McKinney one I got from the uh, the team store. So those are the only two authentic jerseys I think that I have. Uh, yeah. And they obviously feel nice. So Yeah. All right. Um, next question. Alex Dono. He says... Which would be a better idea for inters midfield signing Arturo Vidal or giving Raja Nangolan another shot
0: I'll um, tell you where I stood on
1: this because um, I like what Raja Nangolan's doing now at Cagliari uh, and, and he wasn't given a fair shot at while he was at inter granted it was you know under a different manager uh, but I like what he's doing I think he's better when he's not in, the, in a, in a c- complete spotlight. I think Arturo Vidal would bring more to Inter's midfield, uh, especially in the big games. He's the kind of uh, uh, matchstick, if you will, something to ignite the team when it t- things get really tough. When the rest of the team falls apart, he's going to be fighting you know, fighting tooth and nail, trying to get yellow cards, trying to you know, pump up his teammates. And I think that's the kind of player you need, a little bit of grinta uh, in that midfield to really uh, help you get to that next
0: step. I, I agree with you. I like Vidal for all of the reasons you said, but I also like it because I think – the difference between Vidal and Nainggalan is that Nainggalan likes to advance and get in positions closer to the forwards, and you have Eriksson there, which I think that's what they're going to have him do. So how do you put two guys in that spot and then have one midfielder behind them hung out to dry in front of a back three? That's that's a bit of a challenge. Conte's yeah. not going to let that happen. Yeah. Um, where Vidal is going to be a, as you said, a tireless box to box guy, um, and is not going to overly concern himself with bombing forward. Yeah, you know if if he said, hey, if guys are in front of me, I'm fine with that. And he's been in environments where he's had to just stay home in the midfield. He'd, you know, both at Bayern Munich and at Barcelona. Yeah. So I, I think that Vidal is clearly going to be the better fit than trying to give Nengal a chance. And I think that you know we go back to. When I had Phil Shane on, we had Phil Shane on here a few weeks ago. Phil was not a big fan of guys going back to old club, going back to their old club <laughs> because it doesn't work. The, you know, it doesn't go. work the second time around. You can't go home. You know, no. I no. mean, how I'd love Kaka, but holy cow. Sheba, I mean, both of them. Didn't Kaka know. 2.0 was terrible. And yeah. so was Shevchenko. The, the, yeah. the sequel sucked on yeah. both of them. And I don't, you know, I don't. Factor those. Been, so yeah, those well, so yes lot times been a little bit better but i don't factor those into their legacies don't get me wrong no. but at the time it
1: happens just kind of like yeah the magic the, the magic just isn't there yeah I, I agree with that 100% uh next one's from sabrina belmonte she says what historical or current Syria player would you most like to see a documentary on and why it's interesting Ooh. i i know what i want to say but i'm curious what yours is wow um documentary you can't see really behind your screen right now but it's roberto baggio i would love to see I'm, w- him. I'm with
0: you yeah his conversion to buddhism yeah i think would be fascinating
1: He's Fascinating. 94 i let alone but you know just his whole career
0: how he dealt with 94 how he managed his career after that how
1: you know i'm in pressure with you know with pep and other guys and yeah i like that i like that that's an excellent shout um, there's one i Maradona I think, now, and some other guys. Um, Johan Cruyff, I'd like to see another one on him. I know there's a couple of them out there, but I really like to see something on him as well. He's an interesting, interesting character. Eric Cantona, she
0: said, she said
1: Oh, sorry, stay, stay on topic. Yeah. Oh, well, then,
0: well, then just Bajo,
1: Let's leave it to Bajo. There,
0: done. Okay, <laughs> awesome. there you go. There you go, Bajo, done. Um, I think there's some others in there. If I can think about them, I, I can, um. <laughs> I can come up with it.
1: Uh, Derek I think that, says Rajin Angolan.
0: That'd be- Golan would be very good. Yeah. Andrea Pirlo would be good. Critty says Mario Ricardi. Actually that could be interesting. <laughs> that could be funny. It could. Um, Pirlo just kind of bringing his book to life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think would be unique. Um, yeah, so there's definitely plenty. Um, the you know they're the other side of Milan, but I think a documentary on Mourinho's inter that won the trouble, you know, just how those care, how that, how those personalities came together, how Mourinho was able to mold that so quickly and, and the things that they did. Um, you know, I think that that would be a, I, I, th- I think that would be a rather fascinating watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: so fair. those are some ideas, but yeah, I mean, Roberto Baggio's at the top of the list for me. I'm yeah. with you.
1: Well, hands down, hands down. mm mm-hmm. Uh, next question is from uh, our friend Curtis Smith. And I'm going to par- paraphrase this first part of the question because I believe this, this is how we actually meant it. Um, when is Koulibaly going to take a, uh, a, a giant step back in his career and join a team like Liverpool? I think that's what he really meant. Uh, and the second part uh, is, uh, when is Giannis going to leave a small market in Milwaukee and where do you think he'll end up? Okay.
0: <laughs> He's a prick.
1: Yeah. A lot, people, a lot of people are fantasizing about this Koulibaly and Van Dyke possible partnership.
0: And people are fantasizing about Giannis leaving the box.
1: Yeah, I'm so gonna show you that. There he goes, dunking on over somebody. There he is, dunking on... Uh, is that Critty
0: back there? <laughs> yeah, he, his, nuts, his nuts are resting on Critty's head. That's Critty, isn't it?
1: For those who can see this, this is a sight to behold.
0: <laughs> yeah. I won this in an auction. So, I just now got to meet the guy to get his autograph on it.
1: So you're more than likely to get the poster than you will get Giannis. So just yeah, yeah he's probably locked yeah. up. Well, if he goes anywhere, he's going to go to a club like or a club oh. a team like uh, you know LA Lakers or someone who has money. That's you know whoever's good at the time. Yeah, like now is now is a uh, Golden State Warriors or Lakers or whatever. But
0: yeah, Best yeah, if, if, yeah. I love it. If if Steph Curry is so damn worried about wanting to play with Giannis, he can come to the box. So, uh, so no, Giannis is uh, the Bucks are going to try to you know this is you know I'll just answer that basketball question real quick. The Bucks are going to do everything in their power to supermax him and keep him in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. If they didn't think they had a shot at keeping him, they would have re-signed Malcolm Brogdon, who went off, who they let go to the Pacers. Yeah. So, it's a sure, it's a sure sign they knew they weren't going to be able to afford both of them. So, uh, the other sure sign is that Giannis really loves playing with Chris Middleton, and they extended Chris Middleton's contract. Kind of a minus may because I wasn't a fan of how Middleton played in the playoffs last year, especially against the Raptors. But um, it is what it is. So, and uh, Giannis has his guys that he likes to play with, and the Bucs are making sure that those guys are on that team. So they're doing everything in their power, and they're you're, you're, they're basically doing everything to build a team for him. So. Um,
1: they're headed to the finals this year. If it wasn't for the hiatus, right? So,
0: well, it'll come back. They're talking about bringing it back, so they'll get to, they'll get back there. So they'll they'll get there. Well, will we'll see. So, okay. and let's not forget. And Giannis was Giannis ended up with a little bit of a knee injury before the games got yeah. suspended too. So that's he true. has had time to recover. So that's that's interesting. Now, as far as Kula wanting to destroy his career by going to Liverpool, you know he he well more than well he's more than welcome to do that. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, he's going to move on from Napoli. He's probably going to move on after this season is over, whenever it's over, um, or maybe not. It might be because the, there might be such a tight window between the end of the resumption to the beginning yeah. of the next season that it's going to be very hard for people to move.
1: Uh, if he moves, I hope he just stays in Serie A, just because I like having such a talented defender in the in the league that's known for defending, even though we don't defend much anymore. Uh, yeah. He's such a special player to. It's a fun player to watch week in and week out and. I don't want to be tormented by watching Liverpool matches week in and week out. So Let's yeah, see. I think he's
0: I think he's moving on. It's just a matter of where. Um, yeah,
1: there's going to be a lot of options for him. There's
0: going to be a lot of money coming Napoli's way, uh, and we'll just uh, we'll just have to see what happens.
1: Yeah, well, that was our last uh, last question. So yeah, was great it? question. Great questions uh, this week. Uh, a lot of them. A lot that we went through here. So yeah, it's fun. I thought mm-hmm. it'd be a short podcast, and we it's pretty much our normal time. So. Oh, a lot of this was just
0: people talking shit in the yeah, replies. Yeah. Mostly critics okay. just talking about Wanda. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, yeah, I'm looking through all of this now. All right, that's fine. So we'll put a bow on this edition of Serious Sit Town. Time to shameless plug, Richard. Have at it.
1: Yeah, I've been uh, pretty busy as of late. Uh, believe it or not. Uh, thank you. Thanks again to the Milan Weekly podcast guys for having me on there. Uh, then you know Frank and I were obviously on the Couchy Connection, so thank you yes. to them. I'll definitely give them all a follow. Um, I actually went on a, um, Sky Bet interview uh, to talk about Schalke Dortmund uh, yesterday, actually, and I'm actually going to be. Uh, uh, working collaborating with Deutsche Vela uh, to preview the, the review of Derby coming up Saturday. So uh, yeah, it's been really p- pretty busy on my end and obviously uh, make sure you go to our YouTube page. Uh, we just released a uh, vlog three actually on Milan. It's uh, whether the curse of the number nine is real or not. I kind of look back at the last 10 years since we lost in Uh all the players who were number nine and, you know, were they really, is it really their fault? Or is it other factors that maybe as uh, a reason for the, their failure? So Uh, definitely check that that vlog out. And then, as always, you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N pretty much anywhere.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, You can find me at FTC underscore 21. Nothing for me other than this podcast. Uh, I did appear on Cal Show Connection with Richard uh, and Alex and Jerry, who are making way too many podcasts these days and are going to run out of ideas. Um, But... (laughs) Jerry's stories are certainly worth the listen. Yeah. Um, uh, No doubt doubt about it. And he's very eloquent with his words, too. Uh, (laughs) We should point point out. Uh, So uh, check that out. Check out the YouTube page, as Richard alluded to. Serie sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, just about anywhere podcasts are played, you can find Serie Sit Down. Uh, so check that out. Check us out at Seria Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Tweet your comments. Instagram is with your thoughts. Uh, ideas for future podcasts. We'd love to hear them. Uh, Richard and I did try to attempt doing a classic Serie match with commentary and a live chat. Um, we ran into some unfortunate issues when we did that. Those of you that did uh, check in with us, we apologize for those technical difficulties. Richard, we did get the bugs worked out.
1: Yes, and so we will be doing. Uh, we we will be doing this again, and it will be better. Uh, I promise you that. Uh, we figured out the bugs, and so we're we're gonna put up a poll and figure out what kind of question, what what team, what game you guys want to watch. Uh, we'll watch it together. And we'll we'll give you guys a heads up, and uh, yeah, we found a good way to do it. And I tested it out, and it seems to work so far. So far, so good. So uh, stay tuned for that on the on the Twitter sphere. Yep,
0: excellent. And uh, uh, do check that. Do be on the lookout for that. Uh, we will uh, put that together sometime next week. We'll. Uh, send all of the alarms. Also, we have a Syria sit-down page on Facebook as well. If you want to check that out and give us a follow there, so um, want to thank you all for uh, taking the time to listen. For Richard, I'm Frank. Thank you again, and as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.